Welcome to Rocktail Hour, an hour's worth of rockin' good time in about 15 minutes with your buddies Tim, Treg, and Dave. Three old guys that are a testament to the fact that rock and roll keeps you young. In each Rocktail Hour, we bring you our favorite stories behind the greatest rock and roll tunes of all time and other interesting musings and ruminations about the music and the rockers who inspire us. Today's Rocktail Hour is brought to you by utelconcerts.com, which is dedicated to spreading the love of live music. Check out utelconcerts.com, where you can read and submit concert reviews, enter contests for free tickets, view concert photos, and see an extensive calendar of upcoming shows in the L.A. area. utelconcerts.com, because when you tell concerts, it's cooler. Today, Tim is going to bring us the story behind A Hard Day's Night by the Beatles. Tim. Thanks, Dave. Treg, I'm so disappointed uh, that I get to do another Rocktail Hour about the Beatles. Uh, <laughs> This particular podcast has been requested by one of our new listeners, so we thought we would uh, take the time to do this, um, because anytime you request a podcast, we're going to try to do it if we can. The request comes from Ben in Australia, and he wrote us an email recently, and I'll read that email to you, and then I'll get into the Rocktail Hour itself. Ben says, I heard about you guys earlier this week. I live in Australia. I'm a music nut, so I really enjoy your podcast. I've got loads of recommendations for interesting songs, but the first that comes to mind is A Hard Day's Night. A Hard Day's Night is an expression that Ringo coined. Apparently, he had a few semi-sensical expressions, and the guys laughed about it a lot. (laughs) When they were filming what was then known simply as the Beatles movie, the producers overheard this expression and decided that the film should be called A Hard Day's Night. Now, I'll deviate from the email here for just a second and tell you that... A Hard Day's Night has been described by both John Lennon and Paul McCartney as a malapropism. I don't know how to exactly say that, malapropism. (laughs) And the definition of that is a phrase that is sort of a sing-songy play on words that kind of doesn't make sense necessarily at the end. And both John and Paul uh, sort of in sort of said that Ringo was very endearing for for making these types of mistakes quite often, but they found them to be kind of poetic and lyrical, and and they were also very, very funny. And uh, one night they had been working uh, all day, and apparently late into the night, and Ringo, who got done, said, boy, that was a hard day, and looked around and realized it was night outside and went, night. And so (laughs) a hard day's night uh, became a phrase that, that he coined. Um, I'll continue with this email. So the producers overheard this expression and decided that would be a great title for the film. So they went to John and Paul to request a title track called A Hard Day's Night. And um, apparently John and Paul weren't necessarily very excited about having to write a song in a real hurry. But according to uh, Ben and and then also some of the research, it looks like John Lennon actually uh, wrote the song all in one night. And that doesn't surprise me because, as, as we've talked before, we know that um, Paul McCartney read the entire book Live and Let Die after he'd been asked to write a song for the movie and wrote Live and Let Die all in one night. So, you know, they were prolific writers. They were very creative. Yeah. And, and A Hard Day's Night, classic rock and roll song. I would uh, argue probably the most prolific and talented songwriters in rock and roll history. Of all time. Yeah. I don't get much argument here. I don't yeah. think there's an argument to be yeah. made. And it's interesting how many of those songs are credited to 
uh, Lennon and McCartney when they were when they when a lot of those songs were written by one or the other almost exclusively. Yep. You know, so that's an that's an interesting side note as well. And and as we've just said, Ben continues, this underscores their insanely prolific songwriting abilities. And so the next day, uh, upon returning to the film, they played it for the producers, and that was that. Um, and uh, Ben says, between this, the movie and the song's incredible appeal and the unmistakable opening chord, which is iconic, yes. um, anybody playing Name That Tune can instantly recognize this song just from that First one chord. chord. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And I think that's, uh, and well, and as Ben says, it's such a testament to their brilliance. Anyway, so he, he asked if we would cover this song, and he's kind of told the rock tale behind it just a little bit. Uh, Ringo Starr was a really funny guy. One of the greatest one-liners I've ever heard in my life is when somebody asked him, are you a mod or a rocker? And he said, I'm a mocker. (laughs) (laughs) And that line was actually in the movie, but he had already said that in a real interview prior to the movie. And they actually threw a couple of lines uh, from real life into the movie. And we'll get into the movie here in in just a little bit. You know, real quick on that, another funny thing, a funny thing that I remember about Ringo is they were in a press conference and when they were coming onto the scene, it was, you know, Elvis was the thing in music and here come the Beatles and the Beatles, by the way, were really spooky to Elvis. You know, they were yeah. infringing on his territory when they hit the States. <laughs> and so anyway, one of the, one of the reporters had asked the Beatles who were standing behind mics and said, you know, what do you guys think about Elvis or, you know, or are you concerned something about, are you concerned about, you know, the Elvis comp or the Elvis competition and Ringo immediately goes, Oh, you mean Elvis? And he, and he goes into these, complete convulsions yeah <laughs> i've seen page. that seen yeah that? and the other band the other band members noticed ringo doing it and, and they all they start all doing start it. doing it but it's it was hilarious. ringo who had the yep. immediate wit yeah to do that. oh yeah <laughs> well and his wit is evident in that classic classic movie caveman yeah. <laughs> <laughs> cinematic masterpiece did hey, he win an academy for that i am yeah. i'm telling you all joking aside no pun intended. That was one of the funniest movies ever made. <laughs> Hard Day's Night is song number 154 of the 500 best songs on Rolling Stone. And that that seems to be the ongoing... Uh, the, the, measure, ongoing, the benchmark for the, us. The benchmark for us to measure how great these songs are. I think it's better than 154, but the Beatles are really in a class of their own. I think you could do the top 500 Beatles songs of all time. <laughs> you yeah. could have a competitive list. That's true. <laughs> This is an interesting fact. The American and British singles of A Hard Day's Night, as well as both the American and British albums of the same title, all held the top position in their respective charts for a couple of weeks in August of 1964, and that was the first time uh, that that had occurred where the song A Hard Day's Night and the album A Hard Day's Night had both been in uh, at the top of the chart wow. at the same time. Mm-hmm. So that's an, that's an interesting side note. Now, the film... The film as good as A Hard Day's Night the song is, the film is really something that, that is the story, the great story for this podcast. A Hard Day's Night is was originally intended to be sort of a promotional film for the album. And in fact, they the, the studio executives expected to lose money on the film and expected to make that money back in the in the sales of the albums. They wanted to use this really as a marketing tool for the Beatles who were just really coming into their popularity. Again, this is 1964, hmm. and, and wanted to use this as a way to market the Beatles in America. 
so they expected to lose money and it was really just a sort of an exploitation film of of taking the Beatles and showcasing them and, and putting them in a position to play uh, one song after another. Well, what occurred was one of the really honestly, and I, and I don't say this with exaggeration, one of the best films ever made, uh, the production value and the, the writing and and the overall coming together of several elements the chemistry of the beatles themselves uh the comedy of the supporting players the writing again uh turned this film into a very critically acclaimed movie and you i don't think you could find a critic that wouldn't um rave about this movie honestly uh when i bought the dvd in 2002 it was one of the most expensive dvds i'd ever purchased but uh it I bought it because I was so excited to see this and and you watch the special features and there's hours of special features on this uh, in this box set and you critic after critic talking about how good the movie is and I'll get to that in just a minute um, so it was supposed to be sort of an exploitation film what turned out was was this really charming little film that that's sort of described as a mockumentary it's not a documentary in that it chronicles the real life of the Beatles from day to day, but it takes the real, the, the real artists and puts them in a fictional setting. They're playing themselves in a fictional setting. And one of the ongoing gags throughout the whole movie is that they pick on Ringo <laughs> and that um, Paul McCartney's grandfather uh, is touring with them and writing and going wherever they're going. And, and the ongoing gag in, in the movie is is that anybody who meets um, Paul McCartney's grandfather, who was played by an actor, again, because this is fictional, is that um, Paul's grandfather is a very clean old man. And that was sort of a play <laughs> on the fact that um, this actor that played him was sort of a ribald character in, <laughs> in uh, British comedy. Uh -huh. And so the, the joke was he's a clean old man. Well, that, that was counter to the kinds of roles that he played. And in fact, in the movie, he wasn't a clean old man. He was sort of a troublemaker and, and caused problems and kind of a Lothario. He, he pictured himself as a Lothario anyway. But it's a great a great way to showcase the talent of the Beatles because obviously it was going to set up an opportunity for them to be able to play songs, and and the the plot was very simple. In fact, it starts out uh, as the Beatles uh, being chased by women, and they end up having gotten away from the women. They go to a hotel. They're they they go from sort of show to show, and it just is a great way to showcase their wit. And as we said, you know, they, they use actual lines in the movie that maybe they'd used in interviews in real life. So one of the other great lines was uh, somebody asked uh, John Lennon, you know, how do you find America? Well, we turn left at Greenland, <laughs> you know. Um, but here's some interesting about the, the movie. It was nominated for two Academy Awards. Wow. The first one will not surprise you. It was nominated for musical score. Right. The second one, I think, is very surprising, and I think it's very telling about how good the movie really is. It was nominated for Best Screenplay. Wow. That's a major wow. Academy Award. Um, that's, you know, one of the big five. You know, you have yeah. the acting and directing, and then you have screenplay, and you have Best Picture. And, and those are the big ones. And I think that's a testament to the fact that they really made a quality film here. And let me give you some sort of critical acclaim on this movie. Again, this was never expected to be uh, a big movie, and it was very low budget. Um, and United Artists was the was the studio that produced this movie. Very, very low budget for its time. One hundred eighty nine thousand pounds, which is right around four hundred thousand dollars by today's uh, standards. 
But the critical acclaim that goes with this um, is unparalleled. Uh, the Village Voice labels A Hard Day's Night as the Citizen Kane of jukebox musicals. Now that's, you know, you can take that you can take that with a grain of salt. Maybe a jukebox musical isn't supposed to be great. But Time Magazine called the film one of the smoothest, freshest, funniest films ever made for the purpose of exploitation. <laughs> um, and Time later actually named it as one of the best 100 films of all time. Wow. Yeah. Roger Ebert describes the film as a life-affirming landmark of movies. Uh, and this was the only film that got uh, a four-star rating in 1964 from Leslie Hallowell, who was a respected film critic in, in Britain. It has a 100% rating on Rotten Tomatoes. It's, <laughs> it is also number one on Rotten Tomatoes' list of top 10 certified fresh musicals and number one on Rotten Tomatoes as the best-reviewed movie of all time. Wow. So, wow. Yeah. You, you cannot argue really how good this mu uh, movie is. And I really think uh, the reason that it's such a good movie is because it, it showcases the Beatles music, which at that time was so good. Mm -hmm. And, you know, and this is back in the time when it was that original sort of rockabilly uh, dance kind of rock. Bubblegum Beatles. Yeah, mm -hmm. absolutely. And it had moved into that sort of, you know, let's sit down and listen to the music and then have a deep conversation uh, type Beatles. <laughs> Amongst other things. Right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but it, it's joyous music. You know, songs like Can't Buy Me Love. I, there are very few songs, I think, that are better than Can't Buy Me Love. And A Hard Day's Night is is, is included in that. Um, but I think what it did is showcase the Beatles and their real personalities. And it showed them as real human beings. And I think, ultimately, it is something that, um, that boosted their fame in ways that it probably... They wouldn't... They may not have achieved without this kind of exposure. And seeing, seeing them for what they really were as, as, as normal people with senses of humor. And, um, there's a great, there's a great, uh, sequence in the film where Ringo's been picked on by Paul's grandpa and he's made him feel really bad. And he's convinced him that none of the guys like him and that they only bring him <laughs> along because he doesn't have any friends. And so, which, you know, people joke about anyway, about Ringo all the time, you know? Right. And Ringo's like the redheaded stepchild of the Beatles. You know, they just kind of bring him along because he's there. And which is not true, but that's sort of what people joke about. But, you know, in the movie... Paul's Paul's got Ringo Paul's grandfather's got Ringo convinced that no one likes him so he takes off and there's this I don't know if if this is what it was called in the filming of the movie but on the DVD the chapter is is labeled Ringo's Parade and Ringo kind of goes off on this walkabout and <laughs> and he you know he he goes and nobody likes him and he gets kicked out of a store and and he ends up being teased by a group of you know teenagers and <laughs> He just, but it's beautiful because it's it's almost lyrical in the way that it's filmed. And if you were to take that segment of a movie, it would be like an award-winning short film. And and I think these were moments that were never in, expected. I don't think they were intended, but they were never expected by the studio. And during the first screenings of this movie, uh, studio execs really realized what they had, and and realized that they had something that was far beyond what they ever intended. Um, I love the Beatles and uh, I have to credit Treg for that. He doesn't, I don't know if he remembers this, but I listened to the Beatles today because, um, I went over to Treg's house as a young kid, probably eight, nine, ten years old. And we listened, um, 
first song I ever heard was Strawberry Fields. And, and that's how I sort of got, uh, interested in rock and roll music because as we've talked about in the past i wasn't allowed to listen to rock and roll in my house Mm -hmm. and so i could go over to tregs and listen to the beatles and yeah make me the bad influence (laughs) the forbidden fruit yeah well and the beatles was really the gateway drug because (laughs) pretty soon it was elton john and and then it was acdc and it was all down downhill from there um growing up there was always great music and I love rock and roll music, but there's a difference between rock and roll music and the Beatles for me. And so when we were given an opportunity by a new listener to cover a Beatles song, I, I really jumped at the chance and kind of took a look at this today. And it was one it was a song that I really like. And then the fact that it was the title of a movie that I just think is a great movie was a great opportunity. So that's my story. Well, you know what? I think uh, as it relates to the movie, just one quick comment on that. If you look at the crossover of the arts, when you try to take music and cross it over into um, into filmmaking, or you even take sports and cross it over into filmmaking, I think, you know, by and large, at least in my opinion, when I've seen that, it has a tendency to be either great mm. or terrible. Yeah. Um, baseball, yeah. as an example, has lent itself very well to movie, ma- movie making. Surfing has lent itself horribly to movie making. When I say movie making, I'm talking about popular movies. There's yeah, plenty yeah. of great surf movies, but all of the you know big screen mo- surf movies on surfing are terrible. I think music is the same, uh, runs that same risk. And so against that backdrop, the fact that Hard Day's Night was as successful as it was is just another testament to how brilliant the Beatles were and their charisma and their talent and their songwriting. Um, certainly you know, one of the, the, the pillars of, of modern music. And, you know, one of the f- one of the questions I ask people that I think is interesting to think about is if you had to go spend the rest of your life on a desert island and you could take only one band's entire catalog with you and that's all you had for the rest of your life, what would it be? Um, for me, it would be the Beatles. Oh, yeah. You have the bubblegum stuff, which is, you know, historically kind of cool and the certainly catchy songs. But you have the forerunners of grunge in mm-hmm. the Beatles. Certainly rock and roll, hard rock and roll, um, you know, and Helter Skelter is kind of like a grunge or a punk song. I mean, a lot of what they did was so far ahead of its time. They were just absolute visionaries. So really well done. You know, I I kind of fancy myself as a – what do I fancy myself as? A Beatles snob? I don't know that I would say a Beatles snob, and that's not really where I was headed. I fancy myself as a as a comedy aficionado. How's that? I is, is there such a thing? I mean, it's a nerdy way to talk there about liking comedy. Yeah. <laughs> I fancy myself as someone who who recognizes and is familiar with um, historical comedy. Uh, and, and I especially like British comedy and, of course, you know, the great Monty Python. Uh, Eric Idle, one of the Beatles' good friends, um, and Hard Day's Night and Help. Help is a very good movie too. It's not as great as Hard Day's Night, but it's a really good movie. And in fact, it's it's quite a bit funnier than a Hard Day's Night. But those two movies are really classic examples to me of of good good British comedy, and especially Help. Help has kind of a stupid story. But again, the, the, the charisma of the Beatles and, and their wit, uh, they were very, very witty, 
all of them to a person. Even even George Harrison was funny in his own way. Um, George Harrison has some really funny moments in Help. And then you have the movie uh, A Yellow Submarine. And um, that is a really, really great movie. And um, George Martin describes all of the Beatles as being really appalled when they found out that they wanted to make a movie with their voices, but didn't want them to be the actors because they wanted to do things that you couldn't do visually in a movie back then. So they had to do it in with animation. And they were they were terrified and shocked and angered when they found out <laughs> that one of the guys who had done the uh, the animation for the Flintstones <laughs> was going to be one of the animators on their movie. But that, in its own way, is a great movie. And and not only is it a great movie, it's just it's just beautiful to watch. So, you know, the Beatles are just in a class in and of themselves. And I can't say enough uh, enough good about them. Um, all right, not to be self serving, but. I'm going to end this podcast by sharing a poem that I wrote. I write these goofy poems. I write a poem, one poem a day. And uh, there's no title to this, but here we go. I dreamt I met John Lennon, which was really kind of cool. I'd always hoped to meet that guy from England, Liverpool. I asked if he could come back and write some songs for us, for the world had gone downhill, and he could help to fix the fuss. I said, people are self-centered. They're mean, and they are greedy. They think only of themselves and they forget about the needy. I told him about wars. I told him about hate. I told him about injustice and that I worry about our fate. Then he just smiled and sighed with a sad look on his face. He said, it sounds like nothing's changed ever since I left this place. But before I woke from sleeping, he gave me a little shove. He said, anyone can change things. All you need is a little love. <laughs> so excellent. There's well my done, tribute Tim. to John Lennon and and you know to the Beatles and you know I kind of hope that if John were alive he'd think that was kind of a funny poem. So there you go. <laughs> Absolutely. Fantastic. Well, well done Tim and way to uh, encapsulate that. That was a nice bookend. So that's it for this Rocktail Hour. Please email us at dudes at rocktailhour.com if you think we got it all wrong or if you have an interesting rocktail of your own. Or if you have a recommendation of a song that would be a good subject for Rocktail Hour. If you think we're just lame, please keep that to yourself. Please follow us on Facebook and rate us on iTunes. Until the next Rocktail Hour, rock on. Rock on.